Hello and welcome to Aboriginal Way Radio. I'm Joy Lothian. We have a special treat for you today on Aboriginal Way Radio. We're playing you some cultural stories that have been specially recorded as part of a free online program from the Adelaide Festival Centre known as Our Stories. You'll hear about weaving baskets with Auntie Stephanie Gollan, a family yarn of epic proportions from Emma Bavaro, but first we'll start by hearing from Senior Ghana and Narangaman Uncle Mickey O'Brien. Our people believe that our faces tell us where we've been, but our heart tells us where to go. These are our stories. Nai Boka Mankalankala Minyana Minyana Na Mani Pudiji Nai Nari Kamakpi Maricha Nai Wangadi Mani Rabudi Gani Yatana Irindi Yata Tendendanga Our Stories Ku Hello and welcome. Welcome to the lands of the Ghana people or to Adelaide, known as the big uh, kangaroo red dreaming place. And so today we're going to talk to you about stories. And myself uh, is Mickey O'Brien, but I'm known as the impatient one. And so it's wonderful that we can come to a place, not only to understand that place, but to listen to those stories. Well, it's great that you've come here today and it's lovely to see you kids because I have a story for you. A story about the three smokes. A very important story because it was a lesson about understanding how we communicated with people. So when you light one fire and one colour of smoke, well that means that you're cooking or providing heat or a comfort or a protection fire. But when you light two fires, two columns of smoke, that means you're in need of help or somebody's in trouble. And so whenever you see two spokes rising in the air, that means somebody needs help. So when you light three fires, three columns of smoke, well, that means it's an invitation. An invitation to come now because there's a party on. Well, this one time, my people, the Ghana people, we didn't just live on the land, but we also lived out of the water. And so we caught a lot of fish one day. And so we didn't want to waste that fish. So what did we do? We lit those three fires to call the families that live by to come and share in that fish. So those people came. But more people came than they had fish. So what did they do? Well, the great elder, he grabbed some bark and he grabbed one of those fish and he wrapped it up into some bark and he sent it off into the ocean. And as they went to the water's edge, that fish had rounded up more fish and they were able to gather that fish and feed more people. Well, what do you think happened? Well, more people came. So then he had to grab another fish, wrap it up into some bark, send it off into the ocean again. And therefore that fish rounded up more fish and they went to the water's edge and they gathered up all that fish and they fed more people. Well, what do you think happened? More people came, because you know what? Somebody forgot to put that fire out. 
And so more people came and what they did was they grabbed even a larger fish, wrapped it up into some bark and sent it off into the ocean. And as they went to the water's edge to gather up that fish, get back, get back, be afraid, be afraid. Because what was at that water's edge wasn't just any fish, it was a shark. So what does that story tell us? Well, it's not about frightening you, but it is saying, be careful what you ask for. It may come back and bite you. Or what it also tells us is, sometimes in life, we only take what we need, not what we want. And so we have to leave things for tomorrow so that we can live for another day or so that the fish can multiply and so that when we go hunting for them again, we can get those fish and feed lots of people. So remember that story. Tell your friends. And remember when you're out with your parents and at school, only ask for what you need, not what you want. And that way we can all live and have a balanced life. So, nakada. So I will see you later and thank you for listening. I'm Stephanie Gollan. I'm a proud Narundri elder, originally from Raukan, the Aboriginal community southeast of Adelaide. The importance of basket weaving is it's like a big family kinship. You are learning something from your elders. We like to have a, a yarn around the table, but then a long time ago it would have been around the campfire. Socialising is a, a big thing within the Aboriginal community. So, uh, you know, we love to get together. There's a lot of yarning uh, that just goes on just to keep uh, the weaving going because it's a, it's a circle of, uh, of uh, family kinship. You learn from your elders and you learn different styles because everyone has a different technique. No one does the same thing like other people. So everyone is doing something that is different to them and that's their style, okay? Traditionally... Our baskets were very, very special. And so these were baskets that uh, men and women made in the actual Narundiri culture. Different baskets uh, or objects were made for the purpose of uh, gathering. There was carrying vessels. There was also egg scoops. In traditional times, to get eggs, the women or the men get a long fork stick and they would weave a woven basket on the fork stick and they would reach up and scoop out an egg from the nest but also there were ceremonial baskets too that men would make too especially for themselves a sister basket two woven mats that would be joined together and then men would only put their own special stuff in stones or different type of sharpened instruments that they would make for themselves. And so women would not touch things like that, only for men use only. And women would do the same thing. They would make their baskets for ca gathering, um, you know, plants, bush fruits, things like that. Nice big baskets they would weave. What I've got here in my hand 
is the traditional sedge or rush that is grown widely and this is the natural plant that is used for basket weaving by Narangiri people. In Adelaide or anywhere around where there's water or sandy hill areas by recognising the uh, very sharp four star sedge, like needle sharp they are, so you'd have to be careful how you pick them. You would uh, probably walk straight past them, you know, thinking it's just uh, a weed. But, um, you know, if you're a weaver, this is just like gold. But you have to pick these at a certain type of season, and that would be the summer months, okay? So when you have picked them, you need to spread them out on the ground and uh, make sure that it's a hot summer day. And you spread them out separately like this, and then you leave them for maybe a, a few days. They should be drying and wilting. In other words, they start uh, looking flat. Then you bring them inside and then you put them uh, in water. And then they will be nice and soft and easy to prepare. Dry, wilt, soak, and then, then you can begin the stages. This one is called raffia. So raffia is used for uh, in place of the actual rush. All right, so when you've got a few strands of uh, raffia in your hand, you make a bit of a loop like that. So you're holding it up like that, see? Okay, and then what you do is you put the single one that you're gonna use with, the, uh, with your plastic needle, and you're gonna put it through the loop only little bits, only that much. You're gonna bring it up like that, okay? And then you're gonna fold that one over and through the loop, okay? When you've got enough of uh, your buttonhole stitch, you can actually make it longer if you want. You're gonna keep on weaving like this for quite a while, like that, over, under, and through the loop. But I tell you one thing, I'm so proud of uh, the uh, technology and use of uh, making these beautiful uh, items uh, that uh, my uh, traditional people made, as well as uh, the experienced and, and professional uh, basket weavers are doing today. Hi, my name is Emma Bovore. I'm Adimatna Kuyane Arabana. Western Arunda and Yawarwaka. Waru Ikango, Yuratu Wilkunta, Achinta Yakripila, Atuapa, Ta Miruapa. A long time ago, there was an old woman who had two children, a girl and a boy, and they lived at Muthunanga Mei Ampatanganga, which is Damper Hill. They traveled around all day collecting food, and when the night came, they decided they had to make camp. So the mother asked the children to go and collect some firewood and bring it back to the camp. The children, they ran off. Yakaripila virikanta atuna. And the girl, she ran north towards Vaudamate Nipana, 
and slept there. And then when she woke up, she traveled even further north towards Mari and a place called Lake Letty. And the boy, he traveled east. He left his sister and he went all the way to this place called Wayana. And the mother waited, sat there at the camp and she began to get worried. And she collected more and more firewood and seed, and she lit a big fire. And then she walked around the whole area, the whole camp, and she called out to her kids. And when she came back to the camp, she cooked a big damper with all that food that she had collected. And she hoped that her children would smell the damper that she cooked, and then they would come home. But the children, they didn't come home. And she cried. Vanaku yakari uchu and the mother went up to this hill and she made some steps in it. And that hill is now called Yan Mariapina. And when she went to that hill, she sang the Vaku Vaku song, which is a song of the bluebird. And it goes like this. So that song says, in the shadow of Wayanaga, the bellbird is whistling. And she climbed further and further up that hill to hear the children, but she couldn't. And the mother never heard or saw her children ever again. Our people have always welcomed people. We've never said goodbye. We've always said, see you later. And so I leave you these words, my unjiga, my unjiga, natu yukandaya, natu yakandaya, padniadu adu, which is saying we are all brothers and sisters, that cultures brings us together, and that when we walk this land, we walk together in harmony. And remember, like I said, never say goodbye, always say see you later, which is nakata, and thank you. Yeah, I think the importance of story is really about um, that understanding that uh, uh, to have a continuous culture, we must continue to tell these stories. But it also, uh, it goes deeper than that. It really goes about um, all of those elements that goes behind teaching and learning because uh, our people uh, were not just an oral society, really we were a visual uh, and doing society. And so uh, telling these stories is about saying that you had those inquiring ears, that you listened well, you had those great observations eyes, not just to see what was there, but, but to have a deeper sense of seeing. Uh, but also to, because uh, many of these stories were about uh, life lessons. And so it's about how you can take those stories and apply them to your life. Storytelling by my elders during that, my younger years of that child 
down on the community was a very important uh, uh, way of uh, expressing the elders' point of view of how they tell the, their stories to us as children. We tell those stories to our children and, and it was important to learn because it gives us a connection back to our, our culture, you know, back to our land. I think growing up in, in Adelaide, you're not necessarily sitting around a campfire, so those moments are so precious. You know, and these moments, they, they build our kids, they, they make our kids feel at home, feel connected, you know, once again, so they're not lost and wondering. And that's really, really important, you know, that our kids know themselves and they know who they are and they learn that through these stories. And the easiest way to get through to children is through telling a story, you know. It captivates kids, it draws them in and they're learning without even realising they're learning. That was Uncle Mickey O'Brien, Auntie Suzanne Gullen and Emma Bavaro explaining more about the importance of storytelling in First Nations culture. Watch the full video and bonus illustration workshop video with Yota Yota artist and illustrator Karen Briggs by searching Our Stories on the Adelaide Festival Centre's website anytime from now until September 25th. Aboriginal Way Radio is presented by South Australian Native Title Services. That's all from us today. Bye.